Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offensive Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points and Bet Online. I am your host, Blake Level. With me is my co host, Dylan Reagan, and we are catching up here uh, almost, uh, I guess, midnight uh, near the East Coast and uh, out west where Dylan's at. Um, it's still pretty early, I guess, for the most part, uh, but uh, not quite when it comes to. Uh, looking at how everything is played out uh, here in the NFL draft in the first round, uh, because it may have been a pretty exhausting first round uh, for everyone uh, when you looked at uh, some of the trades and uh, just probably the slow start uh, to the draft, Dylan. I think that was one thing that people were pointing out pretty early. I think it took almost 30 minutes uh, for the first pick mm-hmm. to come in, it felt like. Yep. Uh, we were wondering <laughs> if we were going to be doing this podcast uh, over brunch tomorrow morning, <laughs> but uh Not the case. And, uh, yes, we do have our first round, though. And uh, as we we said what we're going to do, we're going to run through some of this, um, just some of the biggest takeaways from the first round of the draft. Um, Dylan, biggest biggest takeaway from you, if you had to nail it down to one, which is not going to be easy to do, uh, biggest mm-hmm. biggest thing, I guess, biggest takeaway, and we'll, we'll get to the, some of the biggest surprises and maybe some of the biggest winners and losers here in a second. Yeah, when we get to those and the surprises especially, I feel like the second half of the of the first round at least uh, had some ones that I was not expecting necessarily. But I feel like my biggest number one takeaway is that the quarterbacks, kind of, I mean, outside of Jordan Love, we'll get to that shortly, but the top three at least, Joe Burrow, Tua, and uh, Justin Herbert, all kind of ended up where exactly where we thought they might yeah. with Herbert, uh, the last one to the Chargers. Miami being able to sit there, I thought that was huge for them not to have to trade up and still get to a uh, number five and then yeah obviously it it became clear leading up to the the draft actually starting that the Bengals had already yesterday told informed Burrow that he was going to be in Cincinnati send him a jersey all that good stuff so that was my big kind of thing I was waiting thinking maybe there'd be a ton of drama as we kept saying on this podcast uh, leading up to the draft that after the first two picks was when that draft actually was going to start and then sure enough it, I mean, Andrew Thomas going first, uh, the first offensive tackle wasn't completely shocking as we talked about. I think it was, and then Akuda going to the Lions. It was just more uh, the, the fact that the Dolphins and Chargers were able to sit there, get the guys, and it kind of felt like overall it was just kind of uh, what we thought on the chalk initially was going to happen there. Yeah, one through seven was pretty much exactly what we expected. We started off thinking it could be Isaiah Simmons. I know we took him in the first part of our, our mm-hmm. mock draft, but. Uh, even in the last couple episodes, you know, we said, look, if that, there's one thing we look back on, probably would change that uh, to the Giants, either trading down or taking an offensive tackle. And that's what happened. Um, and then, you know, I think once we got to eight, I do think that probably would have been a spot for the Cardinals to move down. But the fact that 
Simmons was there, I don't that you know, it just didn't make any yep. sense for them to move down at that point. Um, you know, if had he not been there and, you know, I don't know, would they have moved down? Uh, not sure they probably would have taken an offensive tackle. Uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I thought that was, you know, one of the biggest things is maybe just, I don't know, the order of the offensive tackles, maybe. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. because we debated that so much, right? And and I think we went I back think and we, forth. I think we nailed the one and two tackles. I think yeah. I, I think I said uh, Andrew Thomas, and then you said uh, yeah. Will. So, other yeah, overall, I mean, by the end of it, we had those two on point. <laughs> well, and we did nail C.J. Henderson being someone we thought that uh, could be, you know, much higher than we had, and we had him going 16 to the Falcons. And I think we'll get to the Falcons here in just a minute. Uh, but, you know, ultimately the Jags took him at nine, and, and I thought that was, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of one of those where, look, it's a good pick because we knew probably, uh, you know, had he have been sitting there maybe a couple picks after that, he could have gotten selected. So, uh, I thought the Jags actually did a, a pretty good job uh, with their two picks in the first round. Uh, may have been one of the, the biggest winners. But uh, elsewhere, you know, I, I think maybe, you know, looking at the rest of everything else, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, right? We have to we have to go to, to Aaron Rodgers' uh, situation with the Green Bay Packers uh, after, yeah. they you know, they didn't just take Jordan Love. Like, they traded up to get Jordan Love. Um, (laughs) It wasn't just where they just sat there and said, hey, he's the best player available on the board. Um, They traded up to get him. And that is something that we came into this draft saying our best guess, I I think, was that the Packers were going to take a wide receiver. Everyone was thinking, finally, they're going to take, you know, a position player on offense and and help Aaron Rodgers a bit. Well, they're going to help Aaron Rodgers a bit, but uh, I guess only if, if he were to get hurt or be sidelined uh, because they've now got a, a backup for him here, I guess. Yeah, I think for at least from Jordan Love's perspective, I'm not sure if there could be a better situation for you to go into. Maybe I mean, in terms of, you know, Rodgers, I, I, you know, back in March said whoever they bring in, they're not going to be able to beat me out anytime soon. And I think for Love, that's probably the best case scenario for his NFL career. Um, not, I mean, I'm not trying to put him on the level of the prospect that Rodgers was when he came out, but nonetheless, being able to learn behind a future Hall of Famer and sit and have a guy that probably isn't going to completely love you, but at the same time is going to teach you a lot. I think for Jordan Love, you couldn't ask for a better situation, but for Aaron Rodgers, yeah, this has to be interesting. I'm really excited to see what he has to say. Uh, I know he had the quote, you know, leading up to the first round today about how, you know, the team hasn't taken a skill position player in 15 years, a.k.a. him, and he was Whoever it was, he was going to call them and congratulate him. So uh, hopefully he still did that. But (laughs) nonetheless, uh, it's going to be, as you were mentioning right before we started recording, that's going to be, especially if the season has any sort of delay or anything uh, causes it to be pushed back, this is going to be a talking point um, from now until until the season starts and even through it. Because, I mean, uh, we were talking to Blake and I were both working throughout the draft, didn't have a ton of, you know, able to go on Twitter and see all the live reactions. But from what I can gather pretty quickly before we started recording, it seems like that is the main <laughs> talking point right now and, and a pretty big surprise, I think. I did not, you know, maybe if they sat at 30 and got him and he was still there, I, I wouldn't have been completely shocked. But the way they traded up, like you mentioned, I don't know, man. It's definitely not one. <laughs> after all the all the things that we kind of thought uh, would happen early on in the draft, I did not see that one coming. Well, and the wide receivers. You know, we talked about the quarterbacks going in. Uh, we said the top three. You know, wound up going pretty much where we thought they would go. Um, you know, Jordan Love as the fourth did not go where we thought he would go. But the wide receivers, I thought that was pretty interesting to me. 
Um, you know, I guess we did in our mock draft, we had Henry Ruggs being the first mm-hmm. one off the board. Yep. Uh, we had him going to the 49ers and not the Raiders. But, uh, you know, what can you say? The Raiders, as we said, the one thing was they were not going to be able to pass up on his speed if he was there. Um, and so I thought for them to get him at 12 was a great, great for the Raiders. And then yeah. I thought for Jerry Judy to go 15 to the Broncos. The Broncos were a team, that, as we said, all we talked about is how the Broncos or the, or the Falcons. Those are going to be the two teams that traded up, and we knew if the Broncos traded up, it was probably going to be for a wide receiver. Well, they did not even have to move, and I think they got the best yeah. receiver in the draft at number 15. Um, just an outstanding pick for them. And then – at number 17, we laughed and joked about this. I said, I guarantee oh you, if there's someone that's going to trade up, if Jerry Jones trades up, he is going to go get an Oklahoma boy and pick up CeeDee Lamb. He didn't have to do that. Like, CeeDee Lamb was still there at number 17. Jerry Jones did not have to move a muscle to <laughs> trade up to get him. So, for me, I think just by default, now with the Raiders' second pick, I think we'll talk a bit about that in a second. I'm not so sure about yeah. that one. But with the first pick for the Raiders and then for the Broncos and the Cowboys, like there's your biggest winners among the group uh, easily for me because they were able to get that yeah. trio of wide receivers where they got them at. Yeah, that was one thing in our last – after we did our mock draft, that was one thing I remember we did talk, did talk about was how – uh, we thought maybe the tackles were going to go earlier and it was going to kind of push back the wide receivers and all these top guys for, yeah, I mean, for the Raiders, I think Ruggs will be a great addition. I thought Judy uh, from would have been my selection at that spot, but I still think Henry Ruggs is going to fit really well into what they're wanting to do. But then for, yeah, for like you said, Denver and Dallas have to be ecstatic. I mean, man, like <laughs> I, I just really did not think Judy would still be available at 15 or CD at 17. Um, for Dallas, yeah, I, in the draft track article we we're doing, I gave them an A minus grade. Probably could be an A, but just don't want to give everyone <laughs> too positive yeah. of grades. But I think it just worked out so well for them. I'd I'd pay a decent sum of money to see Jerry Jones's reaction, just sitting there like, "Are you kidding me? How is CD still at this <laughs> spot open?" Because, like you said, it seemed like that was you know there was all the jokes leading up to the draft about Jerry Jones not having scouts and Stephen Jones there to really like pester him, to, you know, not doing what he really wants. <laughs> And so many other past drafts, and now this time he gets to do whatever he wants, and it just worked out. He, he must have been sitting there like, are you kidding me, man? Like, how did this actually work out? But, yeah, again, more on Denver. I think Jerry Judy, to have him opposite of, of Cortland Sutton in the play in the slot, too, I think that is a huge, like, we're, we're, the AFC West, I mean, the Raiders getting rugs, obviously the Chiefs' yeah. offense, what it is right now, now the Broncos upgrading there. I mean, Drew Locke's got to be really ecstatic. I know they could have taken – a tackle, and there's still a number of guys available at, at this point uh, that they could go after to help bolster their offensive line. But I think adding Jerry Judy to that offense is going to do wonders for Denver going into the season. As we talked about, you know, after the season, we thought they're a team that, you know, maybe they're not quite there, but with that extra playoff team, I wouldn't be shocked if they could, you know, compete for that seventh uh, spot, that last wild card. Yeah, the Broncos ecstatic, lots of other teams ecstatic uh, with their first round picks. And uh, guess what? You can be ecstatic too uh, if you win some money at Bet Online, uh, because while there is currently no NBA, NHL, MLB going on, um, you may think there's nothing to bet on, but you would be wrong because our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they are bringing Vegas to you. And if you're missing the NFL and uh, the draft is not enough for you, uh, no problem at all because BetOnline has live 
daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. Plus, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, the stock prices, and the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. And you can do it all 24 hours a day because it's all online. All you got to do is use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, BLUEWIRE, to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. That is Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Um, well, we talked about the wide receivers, and we knew that was mm-hmm. going to be you know, a hot subject in this draft period, not just in the first round, um, I thought, uh, you know, the Eagles taking Jalen Rager at 21 was probably yeah. a little bit of a surprise for people, but that allowed the Minnesota Vikings to uh, trade up to number 22. Well, they had to pick 22, but they were able to get Justin Jefferson. Um, I thought that was probably one of the better ones in the first round, too. And mm-hmm. really, I guess just to piggyback off of that, and I know he's not a receiver, but I think the Vikings at 22 – and the Chargers at 23, which, uh, as we know, was where the Patriots were at entering the draft. I thought those were two of the better picks in the first round with the Vikings taking Justin Jefferson at 22, getting him there, and for the Chargers picking Kenneth Murray uh, at 23, trading up to get him with the Patriots. Uh, we said, you know, Kenneth Murray in our mock draft was all the way at 28 for the Ravens, which uh, we'll talk about that pick in a second, too, because that was another one um, that I thought mm-hmm. was one of the best ones of the first round. Uh, but, uh, hey, for the Chargers to get uh, a guy like Murray, who, as everyone said, I mean, there has legitimately not really been a negative thing said about him, uh, and for the Vikings mm-hmm. to get, you know, a new receiver uh, to replace Stephon Dix. Yeah, I think overall the Vikings are, you know, maybe not – where you know we kind of talked about big winners are always going to be the teams that got their franchise quarterbacks, but I, I do think the Vikings have to be a winner not just for the Justin Jefferson pick, but also just to go off that the fact they were able to trade back and still get Jeff Gladney at 31 to fulfill the two needs we we talked about they needed to get a receiver and a corner and there they get it a corner that I thought might go lower or or you know go up higher in the draft than that spot so. Yeah, Justin Jefferson fills in. I mean, they yeah they had the. I mean, yes, Jalen Rager would have been great too. And I think for the Eagles, that's an interesting pick. The more you, you look into him and what he's able to, uh, a lot of comparisons at Brandon Cooks, and uh, you know, able to run a lot of routes at all levels. But I think Justin Jefferson just, I mean, that, I mean, the season LSU was just something else, man. And yeah. now to add him to the Vikings, like obviously they use Diggs a lot in the slot and to be able to fill him in right there, I think that's going to be really big for them. And then yeah, going to Kenneth Murray. We've, uh, you know, early going into the season, we talked a lot about the Chargers being a team that had so much talent and they just have not been able to realize it. And I think it's, I, I was happy that instead of, you know, maybe they, they still had some needs, probably they could have gotten an offensive tackle at some point and they still could and obviously receiver and they still have some time to do that. But I, I think instead of worrying about that, just adding another really versatile playmaker to their defense. And now you got, I know we talk about Isaiah Simmons and we didn't really discuss him too much earlier on in Arizona and what he's going to bring for them and his versatility. But I think Kenneth Murray uh, can do so much for that uh, Los Angeles defense. You're adding him with another really versatile guy, obviously, Derwin James. And overall in that unit, I think, man, that's that's a scary group. And if they're all healthy and, uh, yeah, just overall for the Chargers, they get him and, you know, just imagining all the talent there. It's like, can they just yeah. Gus Bradley and Anthony Lynn just make it work? I just want them to make it work. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was interesting that the Patriots traded back. Obviously, they were not as enamored as the Packers with Jordan Love. Otherwise, they may have taken them there. But I think overall for the Chargers, yeah, good good spot to move up and didn't give up way too much to get a really, really quality player that we thought, you know, was going to go in this range or around here anyway to another team. Yeah, Kenneth Murray goes to the Chargers. We did talk about Patrick Queen maybe being a perfect fit 
the Saints at 24, but surprisingly enough, the Saints passed on him, and uh, Patrick Queen fell to the Ravens, which I think worked out for the Ravens because we probably looked at it and thought, you know, they're probably going to take Murray or Queen, and they would, you know, probably be ecstatic with either one of those guys. Well, (laughs) they got one of them, and so uh, the Ravens, uh, I thought, you know, really probably one of the better picks, too, in the first round. Um, But uh, the Saints decided to go offensive line with Cesar Ruiz, uh, from Michigan, but uh, not a bad spot for them, too, because they needed help uh, there anyways. But uh, you look around at some of the others, um, you know, I think really he mentioned the Vikings. They they have to be considered probably one of the biggest winners because they did get Gladney mm-hmm. all the way at 31, yep. you said. I mean, we had him going much higher uh, in our mock draft. Um, I guess before we, we touch on some of the maybe ones that, that we look at and teams that may have some missed opportunities, uh, if we do just pick some of the biggest winners, aside from the obvious ones, look like we said, I, I think the Bengals, Bengals are a pretty big winner uh, getting uh, Joe Burrow. And yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think you can, and I think we could probably say the same for the Dolphins because I, you know, the Dolphins got Tua and, you know, they had two other picks in the first round and they addressed areas of need, uh, picked Austin Jackson. We, we thought it may be Josh Jones, but uh, they go offensive tackle, you know, and they get some help, uh, you know, in other areas in the secondary. So they had addressed all their needs i think that's probably an obvious one too aside from that um maybe a team or two you think uh, winds up being the biggest winner here maybe a little under the radar not the obvious ones near the top um yeah i mean the ravens obviously like you said kind of getting patrick queen that might be an easy one to say <laughs> like you said i really didn't think after kenneth murray uh, went to the chargers i was like man this is not going to work out for them yeah. um i don't know if they're what they're going to exactly do in that spot maybe they would have traded back I think, I mean, the 49ers, yeah, and, that's what and I was, I was surprised say. Yeah. maybe that they didn't take a receiver earlier, but they trade the fact that they were able to trade back one spot and get that extra pick and then move up back again and still get Brandon Ayuk, who I, I still think, as I kind of talked about in our last episode, definitely think he's going to be a, a solid uh, NFL player. And I think he fits really well in, uh, maybe not quite the same as Henry Ruggs, but still that really just big playability that. Um, they were looking for there obviously needed some help so I think the 49ers have to be one I think what they did was really interesting with both of those deals Um, after that I mean it's kind of the ones we already talked about (laughs) the Broncos and Cowboys are easy for me the Dolphins you're kind of piggybacking on the fact that they got Tua but they I mean they still overall at the picks they trade back again and gain more picks um, right there before getting I'm not going to try to pronounce Noah's name from Auburn the corner but (laughs) I still think they address some of their needs. Um, they may have reached a tad with Austin Jackson. I do like Austin Jackson as an offensive tackle uh, prospect after our top kind of group. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, overall, I think those are some teams I would uh, consider winners here. Uh, the Buccaneers also only having to move up one spot to get yeah. Tristan Wirfs, and still, uh, they, you know, they didn't move up as far as they did in our mock draft, but still, it kind of worked out for them well to get that pick. Yeah, I think you know, like you said, to, to me, the most obvious ones are, are probably the the Broncos and the Cowboys. I think I would put them, you know, right at the top of maybe that that second tier group, like you said, outside of the obvious ones at the very top. Um, but uh, just getting getting those receivers where they got them at, uh, I just think that's going to wind up being a huge steal. Uh, you mentioned the 49ers, too. I thought they did a good job. And I mentioned the Jags earlier. I think the Jags got two, you know, really good defensive players. And, um, you know, Caleb on Chase, I'm able to get him at 20. And, you know, you got yeah. C.J. Henderson in the top 10, where's, where we thought he would wind up being anyways. And I guess you could say the Cardinals, too. I mean, having the opportunity to have Isaiah Simmons uh, fall to them at eight. So, yeah, really, oh, it's it's interesting because 
you know, I think we look up and down the board, and, and this is probably a situation where I don't know that there's a ton of picks where we were just like, what in the world was this team thinking? Now, to address a couple of those, um, because I think these are two that, that you're probably going to see talked about a lot. Um, it's the Raiders, of course, at 19, I think, with, with taking Damon Arnett. Yeah. Uh, most people, you know, looking on Twitter, some people thought he's second to third round guy. Uh, Raiders took him mm-hmm. at 19. Uh, and I think for the Falcons at 16, um, you know, we had heard all the talk about them maybe moving up for Henderson. I, I still think, you know, if you just look at it, I still think there's probably a situation where it may have been better for them to move up to get him instead of staying here and then taking, you know, A.J. Terrell here where they took him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that's one that you're seeing a lot of Falcons fans that aren't real sure about uh, on social media, which what does that mean? We don't know. But you can also look at some of the scout sounding stuff. And and maybe, you know, 16 is a little high there compared to, let's say, a guy like Jeff Gladney, who, like we said, winds up going yeah, all the exactly. way down to 31 <laughs> to, to the Vikings. Um, I, I think those are probably the two that I would look at right there and say maybe those are areas we're going to look back on and wonder uh, what, what maybe the thought process was yeah i think it's a product a little bit we talked about how there's going to be less group think in this draft because just the teams are not around each other nearly as much yeah. so it's just going to change like teams just have such different grades than a regular year like usually everyone kind of has you know everyone in the general spots but you could tell i mean even with uh thomas going to the giants as high i mean there were some i'm sure there were a lot of teams that had him really high but nonetheless there was a lot of guys that kind of uh, depending on what draft board you looked at, I'm sure they were in drastically different spots. For the Falcons, I can understand the their fans being upset because, I, yeah, I feel like, like you said, Gladney going at 31, they definitely could have, uh, I guess maybe there weren't that many teams trying to trade up to 16 at that point. Yeah. If you, uh, Falcons at that, I, I don't blame them necessarily for Henderson given how high he went. Um, so it might have been tough for them to trade up that much. But, you know, if they're still so set on getting a corner, usually uh, we talked about you want to go for the best prospect not necessarily always what you need at some certain positions uh, but if you are going to and you feel like you know it really might have been also like, going back into the first point like they didn't think necessarily like agent Terrell for them might be this high maybe they don't really understand though where everyone else's draft boards are so like all right we yeah. could trade down but maybe this guy's gonna be gone and we right because the Raiders could have taken him at 19 as far as much yep. as we know right like I mean they could have basically swapped it and said we're gonna take you know Terrell here instead of taking yeah. you know so yeah I don't yeah, know. I mean, Arnett was, I'm not as, I mean, I, you know, for uh, obviously Akuda, Akuda is on yeah. a different level, but I, I didn't think Arnett was a terrible pick. I did think it was a bit of a reach. It was one of the lower grades on my, um, the draft tracker I was doing with the grades on that. But I, I didn't really, I mean, with the Raiders having two first round picks, getting rugs before, I didn't blame them as much. They could have maybe moved back and got another corner a little bit. But again, I don't know what the demand was really there. Yeah. The one pick that kind of, uh, was more surprising maybe to me was uh, going back a little bit further in the draft was Jordan Brooks of Seattle given yeah. I mean that's a guy that uh, you're saying some guys are like second to third round grades for a lot of places I've looked he was further back in the third round so that was one where it's like man Seattle doesn't have I, I think after their after their first round pick they yeah they have the second and they have 64 like they could have really done some interesting things by trading back just a bit there and uh, maybe with Jordan Love gone, just one pick before, maybe that could have been a spot other teams are trying to trade up into. So that maybe maybe undercut them a bit. But that was another one that I wasn't uh, completely sure about. Yeah, like we said, though, I mean, we, we can say this, but, but you mentioned it. I think it's just probably with this draft specifically, 
you know, we came in with a pretty good idea where some of these guys could land, but at the same time, you know, because you don't have everyone in the same spot and you don't have everyone, um, you know, necessarily on the same page because everyone's not in the same building and it's just working through other stuff. Um, you know, you could see some of these guys go a bit higher, a bit lower than we expected. And speaking of that, and we'll wrap it up, uh, where is Xavier Mm -hmm. McKinney? Why is it where he is still (laughs) on the board? Um, I think that's, that's probably the the biggest surprise for me, uh, based on maybe the guys that that haven't been drafted. I know, um, AJ Epineza, you know, someone else we talked about thought Mm -hmm. maybe he would go a bit higher. Um, but I I don't know. I, I thought Xavier McKinney, like, as we were saying, like we were laughing about it. I I was hundred percent confident the Cowboys were going to take, uh, CD lamb. Uh, once we got to the Falcons pick at 16 and you knew the Falcons weren't trading and I was like, well, we know they're not going to take him. Um, so I was like, well, that means the Cowboys have to take lamb. Uh, (laughs) although in the back of my mind, I think even on the the broadcast that people were talking about, well, they could go Xavier McKinney here. And, and that's who we had, right? You picked him in our mock draft. Um, you had Xavier McKinney going there because we already had CD lamb gone. I think, uh, I don't remember where it was at, but um yeah so i that's i guess that's the biggest one that sticks out uh going into round two yeah if the cowboys i mean if cd would have been gone Xavier mckinney i think looking back at our mock i may have taken caleb on chase on not i know yeah. i talked during the mock about why i wasn't as high because of the pff pass rush grade that was towards the middle of the pack uh, but i still think that obviously watching if you just watch him uh without trying to take the grades into account He's obviously a great talent, so maybe they would have taken him there. But yeah, now I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jerry's like, "Oh man, Xavier McKinney definitely on my on my list." Now, what do I do about trading up from fifty one? So we'll see yeah. what happens. But yeah, he's definitely a guy that I'm. Just overall, the safeties. I mean, Antoine Winfield, another guy that I wouldn't have been shocked. He didn't go in the first round in our draft, but I thought he may have. Um, yeah, T Higgins. I'm not as shocked that he fell because, as we kind of talked about in the last episode that we, you know, there's going to be other receivers that we're going to pop up lists and that kind of thing. And just the general depth is going to drive down the value. So uh, he's not one that I'm as shocked about as McKinney. McKinney is probably the one out of everyone that I'm looking at real quick through our first round that I'm the most shocked about. I thought Christian Fulton, I know he went 32 in our mock. Yeah. I thought he was going to go at some point and maybe ahead of some of the corners that we saw. Obviously, Trayvon Diggs, I took in our mock with the Vikings at 25, another guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, I think the biggest, yeah, the biggest surprise for me has to be McKinney falling out of the first round. Yeah, something tells me uh, he probably won't, you know, make it out of those next five picks uh, to start the second round. <laughs> no. uh, that would be my guess, and uh, so we'll see uh, what happens there with him. But yes, a very uh, thrilling uh, first round uh, of the NFL draft, and uh, despite. What uh, Roger Goodell will have you believe, uh, the NFL draft's actually going to return to Las Vegas, and it's not going to be this year. It's actually going to be uh, in 2022. I know that was one of the things uh, that people were poking <laughs> fun at um, when yes. Goodell said that the uh, the 2020 draft was going to be in Las Vegas. It was. He he was accurate in that. Uh, it was going to be in Las Vegas. <laughs> it wasn't wrong. Uh, but uh, I don't think that was the intention uh, with his announcement. But, uh, yeah, fun first round and uh, lots more exciting stuff to come in the NFL draft here uh, throughout the weekend. Uh, Dylan, uh, lots of great stuff uh, on the way and already have a lot of great stuff over Clutch Points, and uh, we'll have a lot more uh, coming up there on Friday. So let everybody know where they can find all of our analysis uh, for the first round of the draft. Yes, you can go to clutchpoints.com to the NFL section. You can search NFL Draft, and all of our NFL Draft content will show up there. And In addition to covering all the picks themselves and some of the uh, profiles of some of these guys, you have a lot of, a lot of uh, content predicting what these guys might do in their rookie seasons. We're going to keep pumping that out 
going into tomorrow. I'll keep updating through the second and third rounds that we have an NFL draft tracker article. If you subscribe to NFL notifications in our app, I'll be sending that out at the start of the second round and also after each round and grading all of these picks for the first few rounds here. And uh, yeah, if you also just in general, in the NFL section of our app, all of our NFL content can be found there as well. So yeah, really exciting, uh, long, but exciting. As you said before, the, the first, the first pick wasn't made until much, uh, much further after the, uh, actual time was announced but yeah we'll, we'll keep going hopefully hopefully they'll stick to the schedule a bit more with the second round starting i believe it's seven eastern tomorrow yeah sure. we'll be today if you're listening to this <laughs> right. podcast on friday that's true i was gonna say yeah uh, you're probably already listening to it but uh yeah it, it, it should be fun and and uh, again I, I think for for all the stuff that we worried about with the technical issues and everything uh they actually did a pretty good job uh, and I thought yeah. it flowed pretty well after that slow start that we mentioned. So uh, check out all that stuff at Clutch Points, and uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on any podcast app you use. And uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at uh, Blue Wire and Bet Online for all that they do and giving us uh, the extra episode this week here uh, with uh, yes, the NFL Thank you draft. to Aiden for that. <laughs> yes, thank you, Aiden. Uh, you are the man. Uh, so uh, thanks again to them, and thank you, as always, for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time you're on the Establish the Past podcast.